Welcome to the Free to Be Show. This is part one of Lessons from Mexico. So today, um, you'll, you may notice that I'm someplace different. And obviously, yes, this is my room in Mexico. And today, what I'm sharing is, um, so just to give you some context, currently, I am in the Institute of Authentic Tantra, studying authentic Tantra um, that is lineage-based and goes back 1,200 years. Um, the actual original founder of this lineage um, is the Black Dakini called Naguma, um, who has roots in Africa. And so come all the way down to Lamatashi and um, who live in Kauai. And that's who Davy Ward Erickson learned from and sat with. And that's that's our Lama for, for the Sangha. And that's what that's that's what our lineage uh, community is called, a Sangha. So um as you know, I have been talking about, um, I've been infusing authentic Tantra into my, my process, um, which I created called Replenish Me. And I have, I will say, created a separate process to take you even further and deeper within um, to create those self-nurturing practices. And... Um, and that's really the, the root of the four mind alignment. So today, what I'll be sharing with you are some of the learnings from the first few days. So um, part of my certification, it's a two-year program. And in the second module, we have to meet in person for a full week embodiment retreat. So that's why I'm here. And um, and and then we continue on and, and start facilitating um, actual, uh, you know, actually being able to facilitate um, tantric practices in our work. And so, um, and then we graduate and then we're like official, official. So today what I'll be talking about are the lessons that I've learned so far in these few days that I've been in Mexico. Some of the things that I'm sharing are from, um, embodied practices here and some of them are just experiences that you know it happens when you when you travel hey dave thank you yes i am enjoying mexico immensely so i may have a couple of my uh colleagues pop in um they're actually finishing a practice that i opted out of that we did yesterday so they were doing a redo of that practice and so um, I have invited some people to join me. They, you know, the thing about these practices is it, they take time and you have to give it space and all those things. So um, they may join us. They may not. I, I, le I left it as an open invitation. Um, and and um, either way, I will be here to share some things with you. Um, about what I've learned so far. So I'll be right back after this. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. 
created for your ultimate joy. I present to you your podcast host, the ultimate joy goddess, Cordelia Gaffar. Cordelia creates sustainable self-nurturing practices that will help you discover your ultimate joy. Through her workshops, retreats, her coaching services, books, speaking engagements, and this podcast. Together, you will co-create your unique sacred experience. So what will this feel like? This will feel like four mind alignment. Four mind alignment will also mean alignment for your beautiful lotus, more movement throughout your day. For your stomach, the best nutrition to nourish your body. For your heart, acknowledging all of your emotions and for your beautiful brain, getting more sleep. Work with the ultimate joy goddess so that you can be replenished. Are you aligned? in your full mind be free with replenish me so thank you for joining me tonight this is a different time than usual and next week i'll be doing part two of this series lessons from mexico Um, so tonight what i'd like to share with you is um, you, you may be aware that I also do a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion work, um, or I have um, done that in the, you know, the past several years, I guess the, just the past two or three years, I've included that in my work with uh, corporations and executives. Um, but what I find very interesting um, in what I'm learning in practicing in the Sangha is the first thing that we did to establish that this is a safe container is there is a very robust anti-racist policy in place. And not only is it just letters on a page, we are made to read it together as a group. We, we actually read it line by line and then like the whole, we, we spent, I want to say about two hours going through the document, which is about three or four pages, and understanding that this is a safe space and, and that we're creating it with loving kindness, bodhicitta, and, um, and that's for the elevation of all sentient beings. And I thought, this is amazing. You know, I haven't, in for all the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion work I've done, I've never seen an organization that actually not only takes it on board, but they make sure that you've read it by having you read it with you, right? Making sure that you understand and then going the extra mile of making sure that it's conveyed in a way that's trauma-informed. And for those of you who don't know, trauma-informed means that the language that's used is such that, are you open to this, right? Not telling someone what to do or giving any directives, but more just 
this is what is available to you and it's going to enrich your life and soul immensely to take on board these anti-racist policies. And it's very important for those of you who are listening and viewing who are coaches or in a spiritual healing space um, that you, you know, make an, for your consideration, take on creating an anti-racist policy. If you don't know what that is, please reach out to me and implementing it in your practice and the way that you behave with your clients and the way that your employees behave with your and interact with your clients and vendors. And the, um, the most important thing that I see in this place, right? Because tantricas are healers, right? We're spiritual healers and, and we help people to um, understand meditation, how to connect deeper with themselves, um, how to connect with their partners and, and really dismantle a lot of the colonization that we all, um, I will say, embody, right? Because it's in our cells at a cellular level because colonization, it hurt everybody. It hurt all of humanity. It's still hurting all of humanity. And so what I love about setting the, the space up by, you know, and, and the most beautiful part of it, right? So the, the Institute is founded by a couple and Davy Ward Erickson is a, is a biracial, you know, but for all practical purposes, when people look at her, they will think she's black, right? And her husband is white. The staff member that actually told us about the anti-racist policy is white. And she's very passionate about anti-racism. So that made it even better. So if you see like a fired up white woman who's talking about anti-racism, right? And so, um, and here we're about, a, you know, the ratio, you know, the way it is, this institute is, is from, is founded in North America, right? So in North America on, for the most part, most anything you go to is going to be about 60 to 70% white, right? and then 30% other. So it's not different here. So it just sets up a lot of safety. So I'm loving the anti-racist policy being the first thing. Now, the other thing that I wanna bring in here, and I may step away because, um, like I said, there are colleagues that may come <laughs> and, and say, oh, we've just finished the practice, so we're gonna come and um, be part of your conversation. So, um, but for, you know, like I said, if, for those of you who don't know what an anti-racist policy is or anything like that, please reach out to me, comment below, or, you know, otherwise let me know that you want to know more about that. So the second point, the second thing that I, I learned is that, um, Trauma is healable. When you use loving kindness as medicine, and loving kindness, you know, is a word that I feel that people uh, really throw around, uh, just like the word love, right? But I'm uh, in this case, I'm just going to isolate the word loving kindness. So loving kindness is when we actually care so much about humanity 
that when we want to uh, communicate and connect with another human, we take it on board in such a way that we want to take care that the other person is feeling heard, seen, and valued. And in a space where we have true loving kindness, the listening is such that you're listening as if every word coming out of that person's mouth is the most important thing in that moment, right? And, um, and so you're very present, right? That, that's the kind of listening that it requires, complete presence. And so, um, and, and not only do you listen in that way, right? When you're completely present with a person and you're listening, your, your full body is turned towards them. Your eyes are looking into their eyes and you're awake and alert, right? Now, I've been in spaces where people have been listening to me and they've listened to me in such a way that they're looking at me with this painted smile. And it makes me feel very uncomfortable, insecure, and invisible. And when I've asked, why are you looking at me like that? They're like, I'm just loving you. So the difference, the distinction between someone looking at you with loving kindness and someone who is pretending to have loving kindness is that you, um, <laughs> you wouldn't feel insecure, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> you know, and you feel love listening like they're the divine speaking to me in that moment. Yes, Dave, that's exactly what um, present listening feels like, sounds like, um, shows up. And, um, and that matters. And so when you're in a space where you create space to have, and you, and you don't even, you, you call a thing a thing, right? Right. So we, we, we come in knowing that we're all here from, for healing. We're all here for the elevation of the consciousness of humanity. We're here for our own healing and for the healing of our brothers and sisters in the Sangha. Right. So we can't help but be present with full loving kindness. And I would just love to feel the way I feel here everywhere I go in the world. And so, you know, I mentioned in the copy for this that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're at a one week embodiment tantra retreat. What are you having a full orgy? No, not at all. Well, I mean, unless you're talking about the cocktail of emotional intelligence that's happening here, that's a full-on orgy. Yeah, we're having the cocktail of our lives when it comes to having um, high-quality conversations, um, emotional intelligence that most adults uh, don't have access to, don't even know how to um, be, and um, and we are learning to be. This is the ultimate experience in being. In, from, and, and, and I can say this because I am one of the leaders in the being movement um, as a, a host for the Ultimate Coach podcast, right? So you may have seen me post about being and talk about being. 
and there's being, and then there's being, right? So a lot of people conceptualize what being is, but in this Sangha, I'm really understanding what it is to be, right? And I just love it because I, I called this into my life. Three years ago, I renamed this podcast from the Replenish Me show to the Free to Be show. And it's free to be. I was I was actually by one of my mentors recommended to give it a, a, a direct object, right? Free to be what? No one's going to understand what that means. And I said, well, my people will understand what that means. And I've won two awards for this podcast, right? So the people, there's somebody, there's a lot of people listening that understand what it is to be. And so separately from that, I'm also learning um, what it is to be free. Being free in my mind. Oh, um, hold on. Uh, hold on a second. All right. I think my person doesn't know where to be. <laughs> hey, Mike. Yes, you did. <laughs> So I think if you, where did you go? Oh, I see you. I see you. Okay. So turn around, come through that kitchen or walk around. Yeah. Walk around. Yeah. Go that way. And then just come up those stairs and that's where I am. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. So. I will have a guest shortly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for holding space. Um, so Mike is one of the participants here. That's okay. I'm already on. <laughs> That's okay. It's just us. So, so far what I've talked about, yeah, you can sit here. So far, what I've talked about is um, the anti-racist policy, and, and now I've gotten into the second point of loving kindness, right? Correct. So, I mean, these are just some of the things that I have experienced, right? So anti-racist policies are a great complement to trauma-informed practices and work well in these spaces, and then trauma is healable. So that's what, these are my takeaways. But what are some of the things that you've experienced? And, and feel free to in, introduce yourself first. <laughs> My name is Mike Johnson. I uh, you may recognize me from TV shows, may not. Uh, hopefully you do not. <laughs> Therefore, you can get to know me from this moment forward. Uh, so far in my time here, I have really wanted to have a strong knack to help men, especially men in prison. Mm. Uh, men that have been in solitary confinement. I have, uh, as a black man, being in these environments is not common whatsoever. We have to have such a shield up as black women. We have to have such a shield up. And it's almost as if 
in the past, prior to coming to this, I've been told you can't be too soft. Can't, but then at the same time, can't be too hard. Can't be too hard. <laughs> can't be angry. Yeah, can't be angry, but then you can't. You know, it's, it's like right. it's like, damn, what do I do? Yeah. But being here, I feel I, I found a, I'm closer, inching closer to finding a middle ground mm-hmm. of being respectful, uh, of using my MVC, mm-hmm. of learning attunement, and just picking up on what people are feeling in yeah. those moments. It's a lot to work on, but it's great so far. Yeah. So how is NBC? So NBC is nonviolent communication founded by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, if if you guys are not aware. But like, how has it helped you um, your, with your clients that you're working with currently or you're just using it for yourself right now? As of right now, I'm just using it on me, myself and my family. Mm-hmm. OK, <laughs> so how's that going? You know, feelings are we all have feelings. And so. After observation, there's four parts to NVC. We should start there. Yeah, go ahead. There's four parts to NVC. There's first observation, then two is feelings, and three, your needs, and then four, your request. And so I find that observation may be a bit, for me at least, easier to see what's going on, but the feelings aspect is a bit hard mm. um, because everyone has feelings, and their feelings may be completely different than your feelings, but we take space and honor their feelings. Yeah. You know, you, you're not going to get forward if you don't at least acknowledge and hear them, let them feel seen. And so the feelings one has been hard for me. I got to continue to work at that feelings. Um, I have my feelings. I can hear someone else's feelings, uh, but their feelings could be appropriate, not appropriate, right, wrong, but they're still their feelings. Mm-hmm. And this is where we talk about, okay, well, what are you needing? I remember we talked about that. Yeah. That was, that's, yeah. Uh, what are you needing? What are you feeling and what are you needing? And so I love the needing aspect. Uh, maybe it's because I'm just logical thinking. <laughs> I just really appreciate, I absolutely give this space to allow other people to feel. And I really want that because I don't want to be off with how I respond. And the request is huge. Yeah. Because after you, after you set a foundation for someone to speak and have their peace, what are you requesting? How can I better serve you? How can we be better? How can this situation be better? And so I found that that has been phenomenal for me. Yeah. And that's, you know, before you came in, I was talking about Mm. the importance of listening, right? And how Tantra is helping us to listen with Mm. real presence and depth, right? So you you can almost hear, right, their need, um, but you still leave space open for the request. Mm -hmm. And it's, I agree, you have to practice at home first. Yes. (laughs) You, You just can't, you know, start out. What is Dave saying? Military man learning nonviolent communication. Beautiful. Military man. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Dave. <laughs> Military man right here. Yeah. 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 So I think that uh, we spoke about, did you speak about the anti-racist? I, I did at okay. the beginning, but you can bring in your. Well, the, the piece that I, I, what I was thinking when we were talking about anti-racist covenant was the microaggressions that men used towards women. Mm-hmm. That's something that I feel that I would love to see and something that I individually try to work on. I asked you that question. Yeah. 
I did because I just he, he asked me yesterday. He was like, "Have I um, done any microaggressions towards you personally?" And I shared something, and I'm not going to share it here. Okay. That was a private conversation. And then um, you said, like in general, is there something that mm -hmm. you've observed with men, mm -hmm. right? So this is a very important awareness and a very good use of NBC as well, you oh, know, for absolutely. men for men absolutely. to take on board. Absolutely. I think that men need to realize that it's a, just as there is, there has been white privilege, there has also been male privilege. Mm -hmm. And as someone that's a, a bit of a bigger male uh, in comparison to my counterparts, I want Like wanna, you, Dave. <laughs> you feel me, you understand. <laughs> I want to ensure that those around me, especially those women around me, feel heard. And I allow that space for that as well. I don't want to overstep someone, nor do I want to be overstepped on it. Let Mila, oh, Mila can help, <laughs> let herself in. Okay. Yeah, that's that's very important. <laughs> so, um, that's okay. We're talking about NBC and microaggressions and stuff like that, so. <laughs> Oh, you have a nice little setup here, don't you? Yeah, sort of. Should I join? <laughs> you can. Okay. Yeah, they they, they knew that we were going to have um, people coming in. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> this is my roommate, Mila. Hi, guys. So is there, yeah, there's like a whole. Can I say something? You can say something, guys. I know a lot of guys, a lot of my male friends that know that I'm in this space, they're always asking the dumbass guy question that you would assume. How do I get my girl off? The very first place that I would start, she needs to feel safe with you, bro. She needs to feel comfortable. She needs to feel that she can be open and vulnerable and that you're going to hold her and not judge her. And so that's, hell, you you more than halfway there if you're just doing that. And then I say this on my social, but if you can even last, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a different topic. <laughs> that's a different thing. That's a different thing. Come in. I'm kind of uh, sorry. Oh, it's my turn. It's your turn. So oh. this is just lessons from Mexico. What have you learned so far? I brought in the anti-racist um, thing. And, um, I agree with what you said about safety and men not understanding the, the need for women to be, feel safe. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, uh, I think men often put women on a pedestal and uh, don't allow us humanness Mm. Oh, you've slept with who and how many people? I don't, you're not worthy, you're not worthy <laughs> right. of this. Meanwhile, you have slept with whoever you want and exercise your sexuality and express it in whatever way, you know, you know how. But I think that is a, you know, adds to the safety. Um, just knowing like, I could tell you anything and there's no, the love doesn't change. Yes. Um, you're talking about like the affinity group, the anti-racist? It can be whatever you've learned. Yeah. Um, I think it's been interesting being in this space with um, others. <laughs> Be specific if you want. <laughs> I, I, I am often in a healing. I've cultivated the healing space for women and primarily black women. Mm -hmm. um, so I have the I've had the um, the joy of cultivating that space myself. And that's that being the. The f mostly for the, f the first time being in this type of setting has only been in that that space. Okay. Um, so I was hesitant being here because I was mm. like, okay, not only are we doing some white people shit, there's going to be white people. 
<laughs> but it, hold on, it's, it's not white people. I should. know, but I, I'm, I'm just saying it in a sense of like fluff. And obviously, I'm here, and yeah. I paid to be here, so I agree with the white people shit, and I agree that it's not white people shit; it's our shit. But I like I know that that's like coming from our people, our yeah. perspective. That's a lot of times how we like categorize it, and for lack of better words, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, even right now, we're in the we're in the pool forehead to forehead like yum 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 like if anyone saw us they'd be like what the fuck are they doing i'm like the hotel staff probably like what the fuck um but i think that i it was kind of a had like an unsaid weirdness for me and not weirdness because like obviously other people outside of black people come to even my retreats but we're the majority and um just not rec- like recognizing microaggressions. And even right now, something happened before we we got here. And I was in the bathroom before I came upstairs and someone, I literally came up on her peeing and she was like, I said something to you and I felt like you got an attitude. And I was like, I did. <laughs> I, did, I, did. <laughs> I know it's because you're spicy. I was like, I did. I was cramping and you said the wrong thing at the wrong time. Like I was like, happened. literally before wow. I walked upstairs. And I, and I, I wasn't going to add it to the conversation because yeah. I don't want to be like, that same girl. <laughs> Because I was like, maybe I'm tripping, but also we do that so often that we feel like we're tripping. Okay, hold on. Okay. We, we do have safety occurs to me as the first need for a woman in a loving relationship. Yes. It's definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. then he said, would you say more about how to cultivate healing, loving, and safe space for a woman? You want me to? I, I mean, you're the man. Okay. You're the no, man. Speak. No, I, I, I have no problem going to that, speaking to that. Um I think first letting your intentions be held, letting your intentions be known of of where you are and what you're wanting to do. I'll tell you a quick story of something I did with my partner, uh, my lady, recently. We were, she was making a joke of, do I got a schedule to have some dick? Because it had <laughs> been like two days. And yeah, two days. And I would tell her no, but I think what I said next really struck home for what we had been talking about prior about me wanting to hear and understand just where she's coming from about different things that I may say or do or act or just the way I look sometimes at her. Um, my mom sometimes gets mad at me because mm-hmm. I look like her, the dude that made me, you know? And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a weird one as you grow up and be a grown ass man yourself. <laughs> but what I told her was, and this really helped our relationship and for her to feel comfortable, I said, I am a man and I love having sex, but I said one thing that you can all you can see is the my dick rising or stopping. But what you what I can see within you is your energy of where you're wanting to be right now. Are you trying to have sex with me because you feel like you're checking a box? Mm-hmm. I want it to be intimate. And I said it more eloquent than that in the moment, but she just paused said thank you and hugged me. And I think just that those little things right there, Dave, of just speaking your piece for the betterment of the situation. And then the biggest part, words don't mean shit. Action is everything. Mm-hmm. I was going to say words are important. You, words are words. Just using but a, you got to back it up. And I know absolutely you can't just say it, but even in my relationship, it's the safest I've ever felt because he's willing to say the things that I need to hear. You're safe with me. Mm-hmm. You're good. You want me to hold you? It's okay. Like I can just hold you. You don't have to say anything. Do you need a hug, babe? Like 
what do you, how are you feeling? Let me help you. And I'm never going to leave you. And I, and I love you exactly as you are. And uh, even speaking to my Yoni, you know, like, yeah. you know, and, and those are things that seem cheesy and like, no. but women, women need that. Yeah. You need to like, however, whatever you're thinking in your head, say it out loud, do the thing, say the thing, because it's, it's reprogramming that needs to happen. And we need to hear it uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I like what you said about him speaking to your yoni too, you know, I mean, that, but that's something that we're learning specific to Tantra. That's, that's it's funny. Uh, both love and Harper, I'll get on that point because I found, and I wanted y'all's thoughts. I found that when I go down on my girl, she loves when I'm loving, mm-hmm. like when I'm yeah. just in there, just going to work and just happy. She, it makes yeah. her like, he, he really likes this. He, he wants to do this. You know, yeah. he's, he's happy to please. If I have to ask, then I'm annoyed yeah. already. <laughs> right. We're starting. Why am I asking? asking? Why are we talking yeah. about Why am I well, asking? But then there's, you have to request. I right? know. So there's that. I know. And that's the problem. <laughs> but you should know. This I'm is the, the menu. Yeah. Read my mind. What's step four of NBC? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like requesting it in a in a time span that you're not already irritated. Requesting in a way that's like, babe, you know, hey, like they're not on the defense. As soon as you're like, you have any of my pussy, <laughs> I mean, where it's like it's sexy and it's it's intimate and it's kind and it's not aggressive and like I'm already upset. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. So, um, what is he saying? NPC advocate for my needs. Yes. Yeah. So I I like where the conversation has gone to, because this is, you know, obviously that's the other part of being here at the um, embodiment retreat is understanding and learning how to communicate better with your partner and those kind of lessons as well. So what would you take back from here into your relationship? I think a lot of times for me, and for my girlfriend and people that I just know and family and friends or people that I meet have a lot of anxiety, you know, um, a lot of pressure. For some people, the first of every month is a big deal. You gotta pay bills. You know, not everyone is at a, a position of financial freedom. And so that's just a small, minute example. And so one of the things that we've taken away with your partner, I really think that holding them forehead to forehead, breathing, being on one accord, one breath, as as they breathe out, you breathe in, and vice versa. I don't care how corny that shit sounds, it's magical. And what about for you? I agree. Uh, there's there's nothing I've done here that I'm not taking back to my relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and I already have a very close relationship and I, I'm excited to do more of it. I'm excited to cultivate it deeper. I'm excited to see how that like, uh, our healing heals others. I'm excited to see how we can work together and like, you know, offer that medicine to other people's relationships. So, and how it cultivates in me and how like the practice and the exchange makes me a better practitioner and a better human being. Yeah. So I want to talk about the better human being part too. So like I started out talking about the anti-racist policies and how important it is and how we've been able to cultivate a super safe space here. Um, that's trauma informed. And I would say, like, what do you see? Like, how could you put that out into the world? What what kind of uh, clients do you work with that could 
I mean, because like what we're doing here can change humanity, change the collective consciousness. You know, absolutely will change for mm -hmm. sure. I don't work one-on-one -on -one clients often. Um, normally, I allow people to come onto my newsletter mm -hmm. and we work via there. Um, again, I think the biggest thing, biggest takeaway is that I think space element, honestly. Mm -hmm. Having the space to one, be able to realize their shit that they come in with you with, just know that they haven't healed through that yet. Yeah. Have a space to be like, just wash off. Like be like, be like water in this example. Be like water and just let it wash off you. I'm talking about space. Space is a space element. It's one of our our five elements that we have. Space is the heart. Um, space is. It's the mother of all the elements, actually. But yes. it, it is the heart chakra. The heart chakra. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was saying. What about you? Um, what was the question? <laughs> Mila, listen. Sorry, I was listening, but he said that you didn't answer. Yeah loving conspiracy breathing with another human yeah so overlook the breath right mm -hmm. we live with breath and heartbeat so um you influence a lot of moms you know with uh, your work so how are you gonna bring the the anti-racist part into what you do i mean i most of the events i've seen you run though they're very few like honestly i'm not okay mm -hmm. i'm black I'm talking about that yeah and I just don't feel like it's for me to implement anti-racist things. Yeah. I think that that's for the other people to do. Yeah. It's, in, it's in place. It's a thing because of the superiority complex. And that's not my responsibility because I'm not one of the, I'm not in that position. Do Can you, you explain our definition of racism? Well, I mean, by definition, the definition of racism is not only t having like taking a, a superior stance on someone else, but utilizing and abusing your power in that way. So if you don't have the power to um, take away someone else's rights in a way, then you don't have the you can't be racist and therefore black people can't be racist. It does not exist. We could be prejudiced. And even then there's things to, to unfold because we live in a country for a lot of people who are in America that this system has been set up a long time ago. And that's in, in, in fact, a lot of the reason a lot of us are here. So I can't be racist because even my prejudice is a result of your superiority complex, your power abuse. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's true. Yeah. So you heard it here <laughs> like on the Free to Be show. Black people cannot be racist because... By definition, racism is using your economic and political power to keep people who are of minority status, that would be Black and people of color, Indigenous people of color, um, from the same assets and resources that you have access to very easily. So Can y'all speak to... I'm asking. You, no, that's okay. It's like a whole conversation. No, what would you... What, how would y'all... Speak to our white counterparts. What would you say to, to them? How could they be? How could they help? Oh well, I mean, Mila just said that basically, right? So, what? Okay, there's a critter in here. <laughs> you heard it too? I heard it too. It's like, and maybe it's outside. I I think what I heard you say was like, you know, 
you're not going to, we're not going to take on the burden for white people, right? So mm -hmm. what white bodied people, first of all, are just as affected by colonization and the effects of racism as we are, except for they're the benefiters of that, right? So if you know that you're benefiting from something, but you don't need it, for example, right? But you know someone who's black and indigenous or a person of color who needs it or needs access to it, just be an ally. Open the door, mm. you know? You brought up a good example of how she goes. When we were at the Our Affinity Group. Oh, a great example yeah, you did. <sighs> but of course, we're all like blank. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what, what would you say to that, Mike? <clears throat> I like where this conversation is going. I didn't know what we were going to talk about. <laughs> to, to, to like our white counterparts, mm -hmm. what I say? Yeah. To not be silent, to not have white fragility, white fragility being, yeah. um, I hate to use the word soft, but. Crying like, about it. Yeah, like if someone says something, like there's no need to become defensive, shall I say. Mm -hmm. um, take, it for, take it for what it is. Privilege is invisible to those who have it. That's a fact. There's that. <laughs> Dave Facts. and I have had a lot of these conversations. Absolutely. He's white, by the way. No, yeah. <laughs> Just in case you didn't I don't know any black Daves. <laughs> yeah, no, like, like, like. We knew. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, to speak about it. You know, you are born in the skin that you're in, but you, that doesn't mean that you can't speak up when someone is in need. Not even when someone is in need, but when you see it happening, because we talk about a lot of times when we spoke in our affinity group earlier, that as black people, we are also conditioned to not necessarily, I, use, I hate to use the word accept, but what we tolerate, talk about, tolerate, 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 that was the word that what, we used. Yeah. What, uh, Pacify, there you go. be like, it's fine. Even when she just like addressed it in the bathroom, I almost was like, oh no, girl, like, it's all good. And I was like, yeah, I did have attitude. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if you see that, Speak up for that. That's allyship, allyship right there. So Call it out. The conversation that uh, our instructor was talking about in the pool was about me. That's something. Oh, uh, yeah. Walked in, like walked into another yeah, conversation. It was, yeah, it was me and the other instructor, and this individual just walked up oh. and have a deep conversation. And uh, all three of us, black um, individuals, pacified the situation in the moment. Mm -hmm. So you, as a white counterpart, what you can do. What I would say what you can do is if in those moments, speak up. In those moments, like, hey, I'm sorry they did that in front of their face. I'm sorry to be respectful because one thing that I was taught is that I can still be respectful to you and not respect you. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you can tell that person, hey, I'm sorry they did that to you and have a conversation with that individual. You do that around me, I'm probably going to say some words myself, not to you, but to them. But I would really appreciate that. And that's an adult shot. Example of allyship. Mm -hmm. Check your people. Yes. Thank you. Yes. It's a way to say. Yeah. Check your people if you see some shit that's not right or a joke that's not right or yeah. Like, and is it a joke? Yeah. I've had some really like crazy shit said to me, and I'm like, and my first my first thing is to like laugh it off because I'm yeah. trying to keep the peace or don't want to be the angry black woman or don't want to like pop off or have an attitude. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, you know, I get called the N word and other racist bullshit so often that it just like it's just mm. it really is it's become normal hmm. mm -hmm. which is a hell no because the labor of trying to tell everyone everyone being white and or 
everyone on the side that has power. Or white, so I would say white bodied, like white, there, white thank passing. You. I appreciate yeah. That. White, mm -hmm. thank you. I appreciate that. Um, white bodied. I shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to, us as black and indigenous people of color, shouldn't have to carry that labor. We've been doing it for too damn long. So, therefore, have the space as well, like I said. So, when I come at your ass crazy, it's because it's been you times a million. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave said, respect for myself, respect to others, and I may not hear things based on where I'm at. He's talking about that right now, right now? Yeah. I'll Keeping keep the peace, I do get that. that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. And, and I appreciate you, Dave, being here. And I, I know that um, we've had a lot of these conversations personally. And, um, you know, you're also in the being movement with me. So, but I, I, I want to speak to something that you said about the affinity groups. That That's an idea, you know, as a possibility. Perhaps, you know, uh, organizations that listen to this, they could have affinity groups and they're, you know, to, to help people to get along better. And, um, and so that what you said, check your people. So if there's an incident, right, with the white body person, a microaggression happens, then you'll have that, per maybe Dave, you could be that person, right? <laughs> you can be um, the person that can check the white people in the group, you know? Like, like I mentioned earlier about the microaggressions that men have towards women. Mm -hmm. I'm an yeah. ally for women myself as well. And so I, the 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 strength and attitude that I say in my in the, when it comes to the anti racism I'm the same way when it comes to men coming at women wrong as well so the things I'm saying I'm also an ally for that and respectful to that because I I, I wish we would have brought that up mm -hmm. because it needs to happen and I know that I grew up without women that's why I'm so like extremely about this yeah um, but also having I have privilege myself I have a, a lot of privilege in that regard and so. Dave, you just on the other end of both of those sticks. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. And so I think that we have an awesome opportunity to because one thing when you call it out in front of the person that was victimized. The person that you're calling out is going to have a different type of respect for you, whether they show it right then or there or not. Yeah. I get passionate about that. My bad. Yeah. No, no don't don't. It's not that kind of party. <laughs> this is a free to be show. So um, <laughs> be free. <laughs> that was perfect. That one as a sentence and it was like a like title. Free to, this is the free yeah. to be show. You know be, free. be free. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate you two agreeing to be in this space with me. And like as we're reflecting on our first couple of days um, in this space and uh, sharing some lessons from Mexico. Is there anything you want to add to like close the space out tonight? Oh, um, huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we'll dedicate the merit of this podcast to <laughs> free to be show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, everyone who came live. And for those of you who listen on the replay, please share this with another heart, share this with another soul. Until next week, be free. Thank you for listening to the Free to Be Show with the ultimate joy goddess, Cordelia Gaffar.
Take some time to go into your depth. What would it look like to create your sacred experience? What would it feel like to create a world where you had your ultimate joy? Where you are completely aligned in your full mind? Are you ready for a sacred experience? Allow yourself the freedom to be replenished and free. Connect with the ultimate joy goddess at www.cordeliagafar.com.